What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am actually just starting the podcast right away this time because I don't have time to edit. It's like the busiest week of my life. As everyone knows, this is my last week at my full-time job, and this is the Patreon episode. This part will be included in the preview. If you have not signed up for the Patreon, please sign up for the Patreon. If you are able to, I would really appreciate it. But today, I am very, very excited to have back onto the podcast for our now annual thing where we just do the standings in the East and the West. Last year, we just did the West. This year, we're going to do a two-parter. This part is coming out this week. And then next week on our uh, full free episode, we will do the Western Conference. But we're doing the Eastern Conference. And before we get into that, Rob, we have some Sixer stuff that we got to talk about. Of course. So, by the way, Rich Homie Flom, a.k.a. Rob Flom, you know him, Clippers writer, two one three hoops, all of that jazz. So, Rob, I am extremely scared right now. Is what I just want to say before we get into this. I am scared because it feels like the national media is doing the thing that they do with the Sixers when there's about to be a disaster. So, I, I just talked to you pre-podcast where 2017. There was no real expectations for the Sixers, except it was going to be the first year that they competed with Simmons and Embiid. 18-19, they don't do anything in the offseason. They don't trade for Jimmy Butler until a week into the season. That's when that buzz started. So the offseason buzz was really nothing other than, like, they'll get better. They'll probably be a conference finals team or be in the conversation or whatever. 1920 is the year that everyone builds up the hype for the Sixers from the moment, even other than Sixers fans who were throwing up when we signed Al Horford and and traded Jimmy (laughs) Butler for Josh Richardson. But from the moment after that, everyone builds them up as these championship contenders. It's a disaster. 2020-21, everyone goes, we're not going to get fooled by the Sixers again. 21-22, the Ben Simmons thing happens. There's no way they're contending unless they pull off some sort of crazy trade, which they don't do until way later in the season. So the hype was not around it. But now... You got John Hollinger picking the Sixers to win the title. You got Zach Lowe being back on the bandwagon. You got Bill Simmons. Even I swear he's either trying to jinx us or promote his new Philly podcast, but it's one of the two and it's scaring me. And the Philly podcast is great. I plugged it on the last episode. I love it. But anyway, I am scared because I feel like this is just impending doom, even though in my brain, I know that this team is way better than that 1920 team. I think there are some similarities, you know, uh, NBA media loves their certain players, right? Like the the, the 1920 season a lot was because NBA media loved Josh Richardson. He was a heat guy, gritty, hardworking, did the little things. This year it's PJ Tucker. Um, The NBA media loves them some PJ Tucker. And PJ Tucker is good. I I think his addition is being a little bit overblown. I think D'Anthony Melton is the better addition, the more important addition probably. Um, but I think that the hype is is real. I, I I'm buying the Sixers. I can never quit the Sixers either. <laughs> I know you're you're like Zach. <laughs> I am. I'm basically Zach Lowe. This is basically a Low Simmons podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna ask you about like, various words uh, and and whether they're actual words. Uh, <laughs> but the Sixers are um, like they should be really good. Like Joel Embiid is is one of the the three best players in the NBA. I think some people might say five best. Whatever extremely good he's in um, the top tier that's all yes, that matters or yes. and if you want to have a caveat because 
Giannis and Steph have already won titles and you don't want to include him and Jokic has won MVP. Whatever you want to do. there He's one of the five to, at worst, he's the seventh best player in the NBA. Yeah, like you have one of those guys, which means you're already, I think that means you're basically a championship, maybe not quite in the championship tier, but at least like a long shot. You add in a full year with Harden, Harden apparently in shape. Who knows? It just who knows with Harden? You never Tyrese know. Maxey, a year better. Um, he was really good last year. Tobias Harris, you know, for a fourth starter, totally fine. Super overpaid, but totally fine fourth starter. Sure. You have PJ Tucker. You have Danthe Melton. These are guys who could slot in. With Melton, that would be pretty small, but you could theoretically do it against some teams. Um, way better than any other guy the, the Sixers had last year by a mile. Um, and I think, you know, some of their young guys, maybe like, does Paul Reed get better? Montrose Harrell? Like I, I make fun of Montrose Harrell. Um, I, I do like Montrose Harrell, of course. Clippers well, everyone loves him here already, by the way. He's a real Philly guy. Like hundred percent last night in the game, people were losing their, like, I know deep down in my soul that you can't play Montrez deep into the playoffs and that doc, it was literally fired from your team's yes. coaching job for refusing to bench him. But at the same time, we just love a guy who fuck it, who has his personality, who yes. is, you know, yelling at people, getting in people's grills, hustling for rebounds, doing putbacks. Defensively, he's obviously limited, but he tries. Like, I people just respect that a lot here. And I think Montrez, even if he isn't like I mean, right now he's not even in the rotation. Like Paul Reed is the backup center, and Montrez is the guy that's gonna play when Embiid sits and and it's He's seemingly going to have to earn his minutes. I think, I think, kind of how his career's gone over the past two or three years, it seems Not like good. he kind of needs to right the ship a little bit in terms of like the narrative around him. But like, he is a good regular season yes. player, undeniably. Yes. Much better than Dwight Howard or uh, DeAndre Jordan <laughs> or, or or Paul Millsap. Um, he's much, more. Much... He's closer to Andre Drummond. He's like yes. in that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I love that they're going with Paul Reed because I love Paul Reed. And I think you you have to try him because he's a guy who theoretically could play in a playoff series. We know Montrez Harrell. I mean, Montrez could play in the first round, maybe sure. in limited minutes in the second round. Like, you're not rolling him out in, like, a conference finals or final series. I think he can play in, like, a Toronto series. I think he can play in, a, like, a team that doesn't have a ton of guys that are going to expose yes. him on the perimeter and and, you know, like, Obviously not the greatest rim protector. Maybe you play PJ with them. That will help in that regard. Maybe you play Thibel with them. That will help in that regard defensively. But then you're giving up a little bit offensively. It's going to be a hard thing to figure out. But I like Paul Reed definitely better as a two-way option. Yeah. And I mean, you have Paul Reed. Like, I, I know he's like on the fringes of the roster. I still love Isaiah Joe. Like, give me give me Isaiah Joe. Um, it seems like he's actually going to make the team, which we were worried that he was not going to. Yeah, he, sh he should. Um, yeah. Like, I don't They they have depth. I mean, it's not the Clippers depth. Uh, you know, I, I have my own issues with the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers run like 12 deep in like actual good NBA players, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but they have actual depth. And last year, the Sixers biggest issue for all the talk about Doc and Harden is that they had like four good NBA players. That was the <laughs> yeah, issue. It was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. George Niang was like our fifth best player, and he literally is should not be playing in the playoffs at all. Yeah, he's like a tenth man. And and he was I, I guess he's like Danny a senior Green. citizen. <laughs> yeah. After Danny Green got injured, he was their fifth best player, which is like you can't yeah. win that way. You just can't win that way. It doesn't matter if Prime LeBron is on that team. That team is is not winning a championship. And maybe they get like an extra round or something, you know. But um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm I'm high on the Sixers. I do think the love has again has to do with like NBA media. They love PJ Tucker. They love DeAnthony Melton. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Daniel House, but like you know, yeah. they <laughs> they love those guys. And like, there's biases there. It's why we every year we see like, oh, you can't underestimate the Heat and you can't underestimate the Raptors because they have these like fun, quirky, like media liked people and there's just some bias there like nobody ever talks about the orlando magic the orlando magic might actually be decent this year um but like you know their best player is franz wagner who like has just such low you know what what's it called like cachet or yeah 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 yeah. yeah. um so yeah i mean the sixers have that they have star power they have depth i think their biggest i mean even more than harden i I, doc is is has to be my biggest concern with them this year for sure like will doc push the right buttons Will Doc, you know, adjust if will Doc keep Paul Reed in the lineup? Um, if he if even if he struggles for a week or two, um, you know, will he try Isaiah Joe over like a Shake Milton or Furkan Korkmaz if those guys are even on the team? Um, I want to trade I, both of them so that he does try. Like that, that's yeah. the thing is like I feel like it's almost like it has to be a kid glove situation where Maury's just like, okay, we're gonna take away Doc's favorite toys that he relies on. I will say, like Look, Thibault's a good regular season, solid regular season sure. player. Uh, Moss has his moments in the regular season. Um, you know, Shake is the only one that has weirdly had, like, legit playoff moments. Like, the Hawks game where he got, you know, he can be, a, he's a very streaky shooter. But yes. he can be a guy, when the Sixers were starved for shot creation, that can come in off the bench and get you a bucket, which is something that the past teams really, really needed. And actually, in the clo- one of the closing games in the Heat series, he was one of the only guys that really showed up from, like, an intensity standpoint. Yeah. So, like, Shake, I he's another guy that I've never really been able to quit. I don't really see his fit with this roster as much as I did before. Like, when you have no one who can dribble, shoot, and pass, Shake is an incredible bench option for a night you just need something to get the, the, yeah. the wheels going. On this team, it's like, the shot isn't what it was when he was in college, when he was a prospect. The ball handling is good. It's not great. He's not hyper-athletic. He's not a great defender. He tries, but it's just not really, like, his forte. He's long, so he can sometimes get in passing lanes. But, like, the, the thing with Shake that, like, I just feel like a guy like Isaiah Joe, or if, like, they were to make a trade for, like, Justin Holiday, hmm. or, like, someone that's, like, a, a bit more of a gunner, a Reggie Bullock, if they if the, the Mavs are a disaster. Malik Beasley. Yeah, Malik Beasley, if he was better on defense, would be sure. a fantastic fit with this team, really. But like, he would be a fantastic fit on a lot of teams if he were better on defense. Yeah. But having, but having a chucker like that is kind of like, look, DeAnthony Melton can't fucking hit a shot right now, but it's been absolutely amazing just to have a guy who just catches, shoots, and and like as much as I love Danny and what he did for us, like Danny was a very specific shooter. You're, he's a de- he's like PJ. He's like yeah. deadly from the corners, especially at this point in his career. He's taking less above the break threes. He's not shooting off movement as much. Melton is relocating, shooting off movement, shooting from above the break, shooting from the corners. He's even sometimes attacking closeouts, keeping the ball moving. Like he's a very smart, instinctive player, and that's the kind of player that I felt like we need to put around our guys. And I felt like Isaiah Joe would fit really well. And I don't really mm-hmm. see the fit with Shake, but like. Once again, like you said, like I think, and when we get to our standings, we'll we'll see. But like I think the best way, and this is something that me and Sam Sheehan have been talking about. On, he's been a lot uh, on on a lot recently. And every time we talk about the Sixers, it's like this rocks paper scissors thing that he keeps bringing up, which is like when you get to the playoffs, 
it's a, a lot of the times it's about matchups. Last yep. year, the depth sucked. In, the Sixers were down 2-0 by the time Embiid came back in that Heat series. It wasn't ever really a series unless you count when they won game four. And even then it was like Harden was shooting out of his mind. I was I was hype. I was excited. But I was still like, it's impossible to win four out of five games in a series. Like, oh, yeah. Your best players coming back. Like it, it just felt like such an uphill battle that entire series. But like back to the rock, paper, scissors thing is like from a matchup perspective, the East is way deeper than it used to be. Like you could be the one seed and get a really hard matchup in the first round. Mm -hmm. There's no cakewalks like there used to be. There's no Washington Wizards of two years ago. There's no Orlando Magic of three or four years ago. Like you're you could end up facing the Raptors or the Hawks or one of these teams. That's just even if they're not like good enough to beat you, they're a pain in the ass and you don't want to face that team in the first round. So kind of from like a rocks, paper, scissor perspective with the bucks and the six the bucks, sixers and Celtics, I feel like favor if they can get the one seed, which we'll, we'll get to, that is the real key to me. I think the reason that they, they looked at this team, they looked at this season and they said, the league has never been more talented. The East has never been more deep. Yep. We need to have 10, 11 regular season players that we can trust. The guys who we've had to rely on in the past, the Shakes, the Furcons, they're going to move out of the rotation. They'll be on the fringes of that. They'll If they play their way in, great. If they don't, we have other guys that we can trust and we can play. And because of that, I think they're going to win a ton of regular season games. Like I think they're going to be like a 55 to 60 win team, possibly get yep. the one seed. And if that is the case, then that is very, very beneficial as long as the two and the three seed are the Celtics and the Bucks, Because you want those teams to really dis- – I know it's easy to be like, oh, we just want to avoid the best teams. But, like, yeah. at the same time, like, the Celtics are our nightmare matchup for sure. They're just such a bad matchup for this Sixers team. For any iteration of the Sixers from the past four years, they've just been a bad matchup due to the fact that they have a ton of athletic guys who can shoot, size – you know, mm-hmm. they're def- defensively, they can slow down Maxi Harden on the perimeter. They could, they've they always been able to slow down Embiid when they've had Al Horford, um, at least except for that one season when Horford was looking a little washed like his last year there. But my whole point on this is, like, I feel like even though, like, I feel like if they can avoid the Celtics, that them being a contender is a realistic thing. If they can avoid the Celtics, I, I, unless there's injuries to the Celtics, like I just view the Celtics as our worst matchup in the NBA, except for maybe the Golden State Warriors because of Steph. Like that's it. Like that's yeah. kind of it for me. Like it's like Boston's the nightmare matchup. I think they can beat anyone else. I think they could definitely beat the Bucs. I mean, the Bucs are tough just because, I mean, Giannis is, is the best player in the yep. NBA, in my opinion. Um, yep. You know, you, there's just not just not much you can do against him. But I think like having Embiid, PJ Tucker, even though I said he's a bit overrated, like that's it's a good combo of guys to throw at, at Giannis. Paul Reed um, famously, yeah. famously played really good defense on Giannis one time, and I won't ever shut the fuck up about it. Uh yeah, I mean I, I like them against the Bucks. I think that they this year they should be able to beat like the Heat, who, you know, are just not as good as they were. Um I still I don't really see the Raptors hype that I will talk about that. Um yeah, I mean, I think those three, the the Nets are the great wild card, of course. But of I mean, course. a Sixers Net series would be just absolutely incredible television. It might be like the best, one of the best rated series like in recent NBA history. Hundred with all the the storylines, Ben yeah. Simmons having to come to Philadelphia, play in Philly, James Harden having to go back to Brooklyn, the team that he quit on. Like it would be, 
it would be spectacular. And, and yeah. it would just be a really good series as a basketball fan as well. I would have no idea who would win that series. You could tell me either team would sweep the other team, and I would not be shocked in that series. I, what's weird is that I feel like last year I was a lot more afraid of the Nets than I am now just because of everything that has happened. Yeah. Not, not like I take nothing from the Celtics series personally. Like I, I thought the Celtics were going to win that series. I didn't think they were going to sweep them. I thought they were going to win in like six. But I, I wouldn't take much from that. From I, I felt like it was really a worst case scenario type series yeah. for the Nets. I, I don't think that that's a reflection of of who they are. So, so I would like the Sixers' chances against the Nets this year yeah. better than I did last year. Just because I feel like, even though offensively, I think the Nets are going to be awesome. They, and look, it's one preseason game. I'm not going to take a lot from that. But like, the Sixers were missing three starters. And obviously, a defense is a lot of effort. And your playoff defense, especially in the second or third round, is going to be way different than what it is in the preseason. But I still see a lot of the structural defensive issues with the Nets. And if they want to remedy any of those defensive issues they're going to have to play Ben Simmons with the traditional center and that's going to mess up their offense. So that's kind of how I look at it. I don't love the roster construction there unless they can figure out a Ben yeah. plus shooters lineup and make it work kind of similar to how Ty Lue used to do it with Marcus Morris at the five and like figure out that kind of lineup. But then again, those lineups went out five, five out. Ben can't go five out. Like right. there, there are, there are ways that I feel like I could be more, fearful of of the nets if they figure it out over the course of the regular season but i'll take my chances on the team that i feel like has if, if the matchup is close enough i'll take my chances with the team that i feel like has the better like god it's hard to say because we have hardened now because i was gonna say like i could see Kyrie giving up i could see ben simmons giving up. i mean I could Kyrie's see... Kyrie's playoff history the last five years is terrible i mean this, since yeah except since... except for before he got hurt the Harden year he was yes. very good that year, but yes. other than that, he's been terrible. Yeah, and I mean the thing—I mean there are already there are already Nets uh, bloggers tweeting on the timeline about how Ben Simmons is only looking to pass in preseason and is not looking to score at all. Did you and watch like, the game at all? I saw like a little bit of it. Um, he's, he's just like he's Ben. Like he's yeah, he is who guy. he is. It's yeah. the same guy. And like, look, Ben is a. F- a good regular season player, multiple time all-star. And when the week league was a little bit weaker, I don't think he'll make the all-star team again no. uh, anytime soon. But uh, Ben is Ben is Ben. And like, he's in the perfect situation for him to figure it out. So if he can figure it out, great. But like the second he went to the bench, they went on a 10 0 run. And I don't think that was coincidental. Like the half court offense was, was terrible with him. And, and the transition attack was great. And, you know, it's defense in the preseason. I can't read into it, but like, I think you're still going to have those same structural issues. I feel like, I feel like the way people talk about Ben is like, he just, and I've joked about this a hundred times. He just needs to be Draymond, but like, they're just such different players. Yeah, from it's a, a horrible comp. It's, it's just, they're just, they're just both good defenders that in very different ways, by the way, they're good defenders, right. like yeah. completely different ways. Um, and but like there's so there's so much that can't shoot obviously but that there's just so much different about those players and they're even so much different about that situation like Steph Curry and to a much lesser extent Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole their ability to move off the ball and work within that system make it such a unique scenario for Mm -hmm. even a declined offensive Draymond to thrive in that situation where like they got to get super creative in Brooklyn for the Nets 
for me for them to be like legit create uh and, contenders with ben in the half court in the and talking about coaches i mean steve nash has not been impressive and no. I, yeah I, I don't buy the nets as, as contenders i mean i think if everything breaks right for them you know i think they could be really good i i still wonder if they try to flip ben simmons i don't know who they'd flip him for i mean he'd need to play himself the value is just value. too low that's the thing yeah like yeah. i was watching preseason the other day and once again i just did my preseason overreaction so this is gonna sound funny but like i was watching the blazers game and i was like i think i'd rather have jeremy grant than ben simmons and like i'm not even a big jeremy grant guy like i was just watching jeremy grant in the half court working off of dame defensively he was active he was in passing lanes he was getting he was really good in transition i was like he yeah. can at least shoot like like i i think that that's the kind of level of player that ben has become and i could have never imagined that three years ago yeah it's it's like on everything else aside i mean his lack of development has been it's just really rough it's it's rough to see it's historical um, outlier yeah he just yeah. has not gotten better offensively yeah. At, yeah. at all um, so yeah, like I mean, I think the Sixers can beat. I think the Celtics, you're right, are a tough matchup. But the Celtics are dealing with their own shit. I mean, I you know, the Udoka thing. Who knows? My guess is that at some point he just gets fired. Uh, yeah. Or they he he leaves because the pressure on him to leave is too much. Um, I mean, I, I think Brogdon is overrated. I Gallinari is was like their ninth or tenth man, but like still losing him from the season does hurt. A death piece. Yeah. Blake Griffin is not playable. Um, you know, uh, Robert Williams is, is constantly injured. So, I mean, I think that the East is open. I, I I don't think I'd pick the Sixers to win the East, but I, I do understand the hype. I understand why media members are getting behind them because while the East is deep, I think it's also, there's no team that's like a clear favorite. Like I think in the sure. West, I think a lot of people are picking the, the Clippers and I get it. Like they have top end talent, they have depth. Um, I think, you know, things always break right for the Warriors. We've talked about this before. They always, 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 always break right for the Warriors. And they may have again. I mean, for as much as I make fun of the James Wiseman pick and some of the other things, like they have young guys who are good. They've still kept their core. They won a championship last year. I don't think the pieces they lost are that irreplaceable. Like, I think they're probably still the favorites to win it all. At least I would probably think the Warriors are the favorites. Out of the East, I, I'd probably lean Bucks, but like I, I get, the, I get the Sixers hype. I understand it. I don't think, I don't think it's like a jinx. I don't think um, <laughs> it's certainly better than the night, the the nineteen twenty season, which in retrospect just looks so bad. Like when you look back at that roster, it's just so old and slow and doesn't fit right. Um, and like, yeah, the Al Horford experiment was just, just so bad. Even leaving outside how Josh Richardson was just not good. Like this team is much, much better than that team. It's much, it's the best. It's the best balanced team of the Joel Embiid era. I mean, yes. I think you don't have Jimmy Butler, which is that, tough. That's the thing that sucks so much is like the 1920 offseason, like the, the 19 offseason was such a disaster because you could have literally just been like, let's bring back Jimmy, yeah. bring back Tobias for less money. And you could have went one of two directions if you did that. You could have either flipped Ben for guys who were better fits. But like, if Maury was here, I think he would have seen that and either Probably. sold high on Ben's value, yeah. or he would have been like, we're going to put literally just defenders who can shoot around these four guys, and we're going to see what we can do with this. And they had access to the MLE. They had all that. Like, the, the issue is, like, this version of James Harden is not as good as that. And I was wrong on that. I thought that James Harden was going to be – uh i like look i watched the game the other night he some people are much higher on what they saw from him he looks the same to me He's like I, he looks the same to me and like it's not to say that he looked horrible he just looked 
like a slower compromise version of the James Harden that we've seen in the past. And my, I'm not even as worried at the, about the burst because he got around a, a few guys. It looked kind of similar to when he first got here where like he was much more active off the ball. He was when he was uh, defensively, like once again, preseason, I don't really read too much into that. Uh, although apparently the Nets are down 17 to the heat in the preseason right now, I've learned, uh, which is really funny. Um, funny. so, uh, but like the thing with Harden is like, I saw, I saw, I I wouldn't say the burst is back. I saw him get around some guys that he was able to switch on to Karis LeVert, Dean Wade, like guys that are not guys that he should have a hard time getting by. And like, he was able to get by them. Okay. That's at least a positive development last year. At a certain point, he couldn't get by fucking anyone. So the, the, there's at least incremental progress, but I'm not going to get excited over him doing what he's supposed to do. And the real fear for me is the finishing and the lack of counters. Like, mm-hmm. the finishing is so bad. Like, he just flails for f- foul Mouse. contact yeah. now. Yeah. And when he had, and he's at least cr- created some counters, like, he, he has his little step back mid range game now. And he has a little bit of a floater attempt and he went like one for three on floaters the other night. Like I like to see that he's trying these things, but like when you're going up against good defenders, the recovery speed from these defenders, when you're getting by them, if you are even able to get by them is going to be to the point where like those, those shots are either getting swatted or like, you're going to have to draw contact. So like I'm concerned just about that. I would be really concerned if it weren't for the fact that Tyrese Maxey looks like a surefire all-star right now. Yeah. Like he looks absolutely incredible. And uh, you know, he's not gonna shoot 75% or whatever he's shooting right now, but he just <laughs> overall just looks way better than he did last year, which is just truly astonishing. Yeah, I mean, not to crib too much from low. Um, but I mean, I think he, he is right about Harden, which is like they don't need him to be like Rockets MVP, all NBA first team Harden. If he's an all-star level player, like fringe all NBA third team, that that should be good enough if he yeah. can maintain most of that in the playoffs. It really should be. And like their other guys don't fall off the cliff. Obviously, it all rests on, on Joel not getting injured again, which, you know, fingers crossed he's actually healthy for a playoff run. It would be great to see him <laughs> do that. Yeah. Um, but like, no, I mean, I, I think the, the expectations for Harden are fine. Like be an all-star, like average, whatever, like 20 seven and nine or whatever it is on on good efficiency and just don't be terrible in the playoffs and even more than don't be terrible again like just show up like in in games that matter like take shots like they need you to take shots and when you did what happened game four like you literally saved the series when you were an active participant in the fucking team like just don't (laughs) give up like 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 I, i will respect you if you go down swinging more so than if you give up and it's been one of my biggest issues it was my Big issue with Ben. It was one of my biggest issues with and like look, Tobias drove me crazy, but I, he doesn't give up. And like yeah, I think does. that like that that matters to me. And like Maxi's not giving up, Tobias isn't giving up. Embiid and Harden are really the guys that need to set the tone because if they if Embiid comes in and looks like whiny and does his little thing again, like I understand it's really hard to play through injuries, but like if you're that injured, you probably shouldn't even be playing in the first place. He, brought, he so. shouldn't have been playing. I, I don't think he agreed. should Agreed, agreed, yeah. totally agreed. But, like, he yeah. does this every year. He gets hurt every year. Yeah. And then, like, like they need him, but at the same time, like, his 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 attitude when he is hurt, like, it's it, it does bring down the vibe for sure, to say the least. I mean, and I like, think... They're nothing without him. So it's This year, I mean, I think in the regular season, they, 
you know, if it's just MP'd out, like you have Harden, you have Maxi, you have Harris, and you have Reed and Harold, theoretically, I think they could still beat like a lot of teams without Embiid this year. I mean, yeah. are they are they going to beat like marquee teams without Embiid? Probably no. not. But like they could win. If you just took Embiid out of this roster, they would probably be like a, a 500, maybe a bit yeah. above 500. I was going to say 40 wins. Like, yeah. yeah. So Play like, in team. Like, I, I think they should keep Embiid healthy and rested and, you know, give him the, the Kawhi Leonard, like, load management treatment a little bit. It seems um, like they're going to do that. So. Yeah, they should. Um, so, I mean, I, I again, I, I think things are, are kind of lining up, you know, for the Sixers, but it's it's a long, long season um and you just never you just never know like the celtics three weeks ago looked like everybody had them as a, the finals championship favorite sure. and then now it's just like oh oh you know maybe maybe not maybe they're not even home court advantage um and you know we'll talk about that but yeah which is i mean i yeah i w- w- let's let's save that for a little bit but 